Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to all you dads. Uh, whether you're here with us today, it's great to have you here live. Uh, I know we have some of them out camping and vacationing, and that's awesome. Uh, looking forward to that, some vacation time as well. Uh, ourselves here coming up soon. Uh, how many know it's good to take a vacation? It's good to get away at times. Amen. Um, I did want to say that I don't know what's going on exactly with Facebook. We are having some issues right now, uh, but we did post a link. So hopefully you found your way over to YouTube this morning. Uh, We do have that link there right on the Facebook page. So we're hoping that uh, you can find us there. But, you know, we can celebrate either way, amen? And it's great that we have our children who have their class this morning. Come on, isn't that cool that we have individuals who say, let's do this thing, let's get it together. It's awesome. So, again, we just want to say happy Father's Day. Dads are awesome, aren't they? And I don't just say that because I'm a a dad myself. Uh, You know, I I had the privilege of having an awesome dad who didn't get everything right by any stretch, because none of us do. Uh, but I always felt that love, even in his discipline and his correction, I felt like he always was trying to move me in the right direction, whether I liked it or not, because that's what sometimes it feels like, doesn't it, as discipline. So it's great to have you here with us this morning. I just wanted to remind you, uh, be sure uh, to join us next week, see so next week, uh, next week we have a special guest with us, uh, Reverend Michael Lusk from Vanguard Evangelism. Man, these guys are awesome. They have done so many things. I think they've been to 19 or 20 different countries now, uh, just ministering the gospel. He has his book in I don't know how many languages now, but they provide resource material, educational materials all around the world. Uh, they also do this big thing where they, they send these. Um, how many know in the jungle there's no power? Anyone been to the jungle lately? How many watched a movie? That has something to do with the jungle. There's no power usually in the jungle. And um, what's cool is they send these portable sound systems to these different missionaries uh, within their network. And they've sent out, he'll, he'll remind us, I mean, I think at this point it's hundreds if not thousands of these, uh, these um, what do you call them, uh, portable sound systems. And they, they're rechargeable. So they charge them up. And I think they even get generators so they can, you know, keep charging them. And they're able to go out and proclaim the gospel of love and grace to people of all nations. Isn't that cool? Because sometimes I think it's important for us to have missionaries to come in. We have Guy Henry coming in uh, this summer as well, the end of July, uh, from Honduras. I think it's great that we have different people come in like this to kind of remind us that we're not the only ones on the planet. I mean, it's easy to do that sometimes uh, in Western culture. We're so blessed. We have so much. And I know for me, even going on the mission field was just such a great thing because... Even if it only lasted for a little bit, when you come back, you kind of realize how much you do have. And you realize, man, you know what? I got to think bigger. I got to think broader than just here and where I am. And of course, we're not discounting or, you know, belittling the things that we go through. But I think sometimes it's easy to forget that there's a whole world out there who needs to hear about Jesus. Amen. And so... Please come out. I'll tell you guys, it's an amazing uh, ministry. They're doing amazing things around the world, and you'll be truly blessed uh, by Reverend Michael and the ministry. So I want us to show as much support as we can. Let me give you also a little preview. So we have Reverend Michael Lusk next week. 
Uh, after that, I believe on July 11th, we have Dr. Carl Baransic, our founder, will be here with us speaking and preaching. Uh, on the, I think the third Sunday of July, we have Dr. Guy Henry from Honduras with us. Um, and then in, I believe, September, I'll have to get the exact date, uh, but we have uh, Jamie Engelhart, Bishop Jane Engelhart will be with us. We just confirmed that. So we're trying to bring some different people in, give you some different perspectives. Isn't it neat to just hear different perspectives of scripture and kind of our journey and walk? So I encourage you to join us in those endeavors and be here because I really want to support those who come in. And another thing that we do, prepare yourself, is we always, always, always want to bless the ministries that come in. So with me saying that, maybe slowly but surely, you know, put a little money aside and then you can give that to those ministries. Every dollar that comes in in those special love offerings, they go right to those ministries. So put some money aside or maybe on a Sunday, you're like, you know what, I'm going to put an extra 10, 20 bucks a week and I'm just going to put in guest speakers or missionaries or something like that. And we'll make sure that's allocated. And it makes it easier than, oh, Shoot, it's Sunday. We have a guest speaker. I forgot about that. So that we can really bless them. Because, you know, there's a certain amount we want to bless every ministry with every time they come in. And even if it falls short offering-wise, we still put aside as a ministry to make sure they're blessed. But you know what's really cool is when more comes in. And we can, as Faith City, write a bigger check and bless the ministry. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Amen? So today we are continuing in our series, God on Film. And basically, it's a series over the next few, I would say, few weeks and even summer in between guest speakers and stuff, where we take a look at some different movies. And um, we're going to look this year really at even past movies and present movies and kind of take some of these ideas and find God within these films. Maybe you're not comfortable with that. Find some kingdom principles within these films, because I do believe that, you know, last week I shared that Jesus, he taught in symbols and parables and story, and there was a reason why. It would engage people, it would draw them into these central truths about him, about God, about the kingdom, about themselves. And so I think that even today, Holy Spirit's working through people in every single industry, whether they know it or not. That's why the Apostle Paul and Mars Hill could quote Greek poets Paul, that's not scripture and verse. What are you doing? Um, it's truth. Because all truth comes from one source. Amen? And so, you know, today I thought, well, last week, you know, we, we talked about a quiet place. And, and I know some of you that. So I wanted to get more spiritual and get with a really spiritual movie today. Why are you laughing, Pete? I wanted to get today with a, a spiritual, spiritual movie called Fast 9. Anyone follow the Fast and the Furious? You're like... Pastor, that's not spiritual at all. You know what? Fast and Furious is one of those things where you either love or you hate those movies. For me, it's like a mood thing. I'm like, am I in the mood for straight, cheesy lines? Let's watch some Fast and Furious. Am I in the mood for some over-the-top stuff that can never happen with a car and a helicopter and whatever else? And in the real world, yeah, let's do this. Come on, right? But, but in The Fast and the Furious, The Fast 9, the new one, you, you have Dom Toretto, who's played by Vin Diesel. Come on, we all know that voice of Vin Diesel. Man, that voice is like, dude, is that real? But you have Dom, and he's actually finally at this place where he's living life, this quiet life off the grid with Letty and his son. And, you know, of course, you know, in, 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 these, in this franchise, there's always danger lurking around the corner. There's, there's always something that, that's going to happen. We know this, right? And so eventually we, you know, have this story unfold, and I won't spoil it for you, 
But one thing that, that I've noticed about these movies and that when Chris and I were talking about what movie we could kind of use, uh, you know, get some ideas. The one thing I've noticed in these movies is that family, at the end of the day, is the most important thing. It really is. I mean, now whether, whether it was blood family or it's, it's a friendship relationship, you ever heard that term that, you know, blood's thicker than water? Right, this is, this is a uh, medieval uh, quote that came out. And, and it's true to some extent, but have you ever felt like sometimes you have this extended family that's even closer than blood family? And that's really what this family is all about. But what I see is I see that Dom in this situation is really this father figure. And so in every series, they do life together. They take the heat together. They work together in situations. It sounds like a family to me. And so I was thinking about this idea of a father. What, what does a father do? Because I would say this, that one of the most important things that always comes across in those movies at the end is that you don't turn your back on your family. It's so important that we don't turn our back on our family. But when you think of a good father, what does a good father do? A good father leads. A good father protects. A good father sacrifices. These are things we do. Now, I, I know that maybe this could be tough for some, uh, maybe you're not a father. You're like, well, how could this message be for me? Maybe you're a lady here today. You think, well, how could this message be for me? Maybe you're someone here who thought, who's thinking I didn't have a father figure or my father figure was horrible. This is for everyone because I believe this, that one of the, one of the most beautiful pictures that we have of God through Jesus is that he is a father. He came to introduce us to the Father. Now, on Mother's Day, we, we talked about how important it is in Scripture to see that God is even seen in the feminine as a mother, as a nurturer. And so how many know this? That I'll say it again, that God is spirit. He's neither male nor female. But again, here we go. Here, here's those images that draw us in. See, for me, this father idea, and maybe it's because I had a good father, this father idea drew me in to this concept of God. See, as human beings, all we're doing is we're trying to paint some type of mental picture of who God is. Because how many know God is spirit? Do we see him? No. It's funny, the other day, uh, I'm trying to think, was it, was it, I don't know if it was mom or who it was we were sitting in and we, they looked outside. It was you, mom, that's right. We were sitting and you looked out and you went, wow, look at that wind. And at the same time, Chris and I, because we love her so much, sarcastically said, where? I don't see the wind. You can't see the wind. And she just looked at us like, oh my gosh, because we love each other so much. But what she meant was you could see the effects of the wind. So even though you don't see God, one thing for me is I don't have to prove him through apologetics and scripture verses I just know in here that God's real because I see the effects in my life. And so that's what we're talking about. But for me, this, this picture of God as a father has helped me so much, especially as a loving father who's not angry, who, who, who doesn't despise me, who sees me as a son, who sees you as sons and daughters. This is important to see because think about this. If it's not a loving relationship, but it's a relationship built on fear, you'll never have intimacy. You'll never have true relationship. You can't have intimate relationship with those that you fear. And so that's why it's important that we see God as a father or for some as a mother, as this, this parent, this spiritual parent that dearly cares for us and wants to not just nurture us and raise us, but also lead, protect, and sacrifice for us. See, 
that's who we are, dads. Whether you believe it or not, that's who we are. It doesn't mean that we're perfect or that we perfectly live out these traits. I'll be the first to say I don't. That's why I've learned uh, these two words are extremely important in the English language for me with my kids. I'm sorry because I don't always get it right. And when I mess up, whether I realize it or the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. my wife, realizes it, no, and, and reminds me, hey, 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 where, where are we going with this? You know, those reminders are good because then what do I do? I'm sorry. I handled that wrong. I shouldn't have said that like that because my goal is to, yes, discipline, but to train you for your future, not punish you, not shame you, not guilt you. And that's so easy to do. So there's times where I just don't get it right. But how many know this? Just like any other facet of our life, it's a journey of growth and maturity. We have to mature in our fatherhood, just like we have to mature in our motherhood, right? Even in our childhood, it's this life of being on a journey where we continue to learn and we continually grow. So don't stress if you aren't walking this in every area of your life. That, that isn't what this is about today. It's not, we love the moms, but we're going to bash the dads over the head to get it together. No, that's not how God treats us. So we're not going to do that here today at Faith City. Amen. But we're here to be reminded, I believe, and encouraged by the example of Heavenly Father. Say Heavenly Father. He's a good, good father. And although I love that song, I'm like, could we maybe say great, great or awesome, awesome? Because it's so much better than good. Amen? So if you want a title this morning for Father's Day, it's Father's Day, a chip off the old block. A chip off the old block. How many have heard this term? I seem to be in these little terms and things lately. But think about that, a chip off the old block. Really, we are dads. We all are just chips off the old block. I mean, we're told in Scripture that we're made in his image and likeness, right? That we bear his image in this world so we could literally say we're a chip off the old block. And as far as I'm concerned, he's pretty old because he never, he always will be. He never, I mean, it's just kind of that. You ever try to think of eternity and your mind goes blank? But we're a chip off the old block. So today I want to do this, and I don't want to take a lot of time uh, this morning because I know we have grills to fire up and stuff to do. But I do want to encourage you today, as a father, and even as someone who maybe you struggle with the idea of God as a father, I want us to see some things today that will help maybe clear some of this up. So here's four examples, I believe, dads, that we can follow. And I'd like to state it like this today. Because God can... I'm going to start everything like this, because God can, say that with me, because God can, number one, we can give sacrificially. Now you're going to see through this process that this is really, we're talking to dads today, but this is for all of us to get. If we're made in the image and likeness of God, and we have the greater one dwelling on the inside of us, then because God can, we can. So number one, we can give sacrificially. Now, this is a really famous verse, John three sixteen, and I always pretty much read 17 with it because it gives us a full context. You've seen this at some point, even if you don't go, to, don't go to church, you've seen this reference, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him, say everyone. So it's open access for everyone, right? No discrimination, no walls, no lines drawn. It's everyone who believes in him will not what? Perish. Perish. A better word in the Greek actually tra translated would be lost. So when you believe in him, no longer are you lost. This is cool. But what does he give you? Eternal life. 
which again in the Greek means the highest level of living here and now. The Jews weren't searching for something in the sweet by and by. They were looking for the best life we can live now. That's what Torah, they believe, would teach them how to live the best life now. And Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, you'll no longer be lost and you can live the highest level of living now, even under Roman occupation. Whoa. Even with what you're going through here today in 2021, we still can live the highest level of living. Now, again, we might have to change our perspective on what that looks like and means. How many know advertising can sell us a certain way that that looks, right? Sorry, Pete, my mic's just moving all over here, bro. You're doing awesome back there. Let me fix this real quick. There we are. There I am. Woo, nice. But look at this in verse 17. It says, for God did not... Listen to this. Did not send the son into the world to what? Judge the world. What? But so that what? The world might be saved or sozoed through him. Think about this. God himself sent Jesus, his son, which three in one, right? So really God himself showed up on planet earth. This is cool. Because he wanted to bring us preservation, safety, healing, wholeness, and restoration. I'm not here to judge you. It's, it's funny how we switch this around, that God's all about judging you when he's like, no, I'm all about sozoing. I'm all about saving you. You've been judged enough. Your sin has judged you. The people around you have judged you. I'm not here to judge you or condemn you. I'm here to say, I got a new way. Believe in me. Guess what? You can awaken to this brand new life where you receive eternal life, the highest level of living now. So think about this. The entire world, that word in the actual Greek is cosmos. So the entire cosmos is the object of God's affection. And we can see here that he doesn't want to abandon his creation. He wants to show up to help us see ourselves in the proper light so we they can live the best life here and now, eternal life. Isn't that awesome? But something I see here is Heavenly Father loved so much that he gave. We could say he gave himself. He gave the greatest thing that anyone could ever give, and it's their life, and this is the life of God. That's why for me the cross, as horrific as it was and what Jesus went through, it's the most beautiful picture of love that anyone can show. Arms spread saying, I love you. I forgive you. You don't know what you're doing, but you're forgiven. And I'm going to even let you commit deicide. You can kill me, but then I will resurrect to show you, no, it's the wrong way to go in this life. See, there's nothing you can do to get away from the love of God, his care. So we see here that Heavenly Father loves so much that he gave himself. Think about this. We're the same way in our lives, aren't we? I mean, as dads, my children, as much as I am not perfect and I screw up, there's just something that always moves me to want to give. Have you ever, as a dad, had to ground one of your kids, discipline one of your kids, and that's it, we're taking this away, you can't have this, but then like all through the day and the next day and the next day, you're trying to find ways to maybe somehow still bless them and give them something? You ever notice this, that when you, when you have to ground your child or hand out a discipline, it actually grounds you and disciplines you because you can't do what you really want to do. 
And I know there's something to be said about consistency. It's so important. It is so important. I get that. But man, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But even when my kid, when something's taken away or a privilege, it's like I'm just looking for ways to give it back to them. Just show me an ounce that you're, you're seeing things differently and you're learning from the situation and that your heart is changing and you're going a different direction. All I need is an inkling of that just so I can bless you. Can we see God the same way? Some reason we, like you were sharing, Pastor Kristen, we just feel like there's this, um, this maze that we have to go through. It's like that game you said, mousetrap. Remember that mousetrap game? It's all these different things and hoops and things that have to drop in place in order for God to actually love you and give himself to you, but he's already done so. It's a done deal. It's not based on your performance. See, my performance got better when I realized how much he gave of himself. Think about this. He's setting this up. Because all through this letter, I mean, the letters of Paul are amazing. I mean, the first half is telling them everything that they are in Christ, who they truly are. And then it leads into, so this is what it looks like. Now that you know who you are, this is what it looks like. But we see Paul here, he's talking, he's like, listen, just like a father instructs her children, I really want to engage with you. I want to remind you of your origin in God. Look at verse 12. Inspiring you to live in the daily awareness of your true value and identity. In God's opinion, you are royalty. Now, in verse 12, there's, uh, for instance, the New King James Version says that you would walk worthy of God. In other words, I'm explaining all these things, I'm encouraging you these things, so that you then could walk worthy of God. Now, I don't necessarily have an issue with that translation, but if we're not careful... We can, we can kind of flip-flop this to where what it's saying, at least to what we think it's saying, is in order to be worthy of God, you need to walk this way. Do you follow me? So that's why it's important to look into the original language. Now, this would walk here in the original Greek is uh, paramuthiomai, and it means this, inspired from within to live the life of your design. So what he's saying is, I want to encourage you. I want to remind you, I want to engage with you because I want you to know who you are in Christ, your true and proper identity. And when you begin to tap into that, then you would walk worthy of God or you would be inspired from within to live the life of your design. Doesn't that kind of paint a different picture? It's like, okay, okay, I see where you're going. Now, again, when Paul's writing this, he's writing in the original language. So they read and they go, okay, like, like a father would instruct his children, encourage me. Who am I? Oh, man, okay, this is inspiring me to walk according to that life that I've been designed to walk in. And then it says that you would walk worthy. Say worthy. This word worthy in the Greek is axios. It means having the weight of another thing of like value to be worth as much. Think about this. Paul is saying just like God is, so are you in this world. You're a chip off the old block. You're made in this image and likeness. When you awaken to that true identity, when you begin to see yourself correctly, guess what? You will walk worthy of the family you belong to. Isn't that awesome? And so because God can do what? Validate us, we then as dads can validate our children. And I would say this, if you're a mom, if you're a single mom, there's no father, guess what, this is for you too. You can validate your children. You can show unconditional love. You can give sacrificially. And, and I know this, 
it's kind of a natural thing for moms. I mean, moms just give sacrificially anyway. It's just what they do. They, they're the ones that love unconditionally. You know, we're, we're the ones that sometimes, I mean, if, they, if, if Junior falls and he scrapes his knee, the moms are the first to tend to the wound. Oh, baby, how are you? And we're the first to go walk it off. You'll be okay, right? So I don't think moms really have to be reminded as much as dads, but that doesn't mean that there's some strength within us, some things that are necessary and needed so I don't want to put us down, but I want to remind us today that these are important things. Because God can validate his children, us, we then can validate our children. And again, it's so important to instill worth in their life, a sense of validation in their life. Amen? And number four, we'll wrap up with this. Because God can, we can lead by example. We can lead by example. Now, I know we're a grace church. Come on. But how many know this, that we've been on this journey where we're realizing that grace doesn't mean that we don't do anything. Grace enables us to do what we're called to do. It enables us. This is what grace does for me. Grace removes any walls, any um, hesitations, uh, any, anything that I would feel within myself that would make me unworthy to pursue what God's called me to do or be who God's called me to be. That's what grace does for me. So it, it doesn't mean that I can just be, you know, I usually refer to it as a grace hippie laying around. I don't have to do anything anymore. Well, I guess you don't have to, but why wouldn't you? See, when grace comes along and you realize how good God is and that his love is unconditional and that he gives sacrificially and that he's completely and always validating you and that he's leading you in life what else is there to do but kingdom work? And now instead of obligation, it's that inspiration from the inside out to do what God has called me to do. We, listen, we're born with a purpose. And so I believe that in this example here, that God leads by example. I love this story in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. And it says that he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter. How many know Peter? We all know Peter, the guy that denied Christ, right? But remember, three times Jesus validated him once again for his mission, right? That's cool. And his, his, his brother Andrew, we often forget about Andrew, but that's okay. I won't take offense at that. And Andrew, his brother, look at what were they doing? Casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Makes sense. But what does Jesus say? He says, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. I, I will lead you in such a way, get this, I'll lead you in such a way and train you and teach you in such a way that you will have a life and a story that will hook and engage people to have a relationship with me. Do you know that we're sitting here today in this building? We're watching today online because of what these apostles did. They carried on. They gave up their livelihood, for some of them fishermen, to become fishers of men. And we could even say this, that we're part of the catch. We're here today because of the, the lines that they cast, the, the way that they lured people in, not, you know, not some scheme, but in a good way, to this awesome, lavish life of love in Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And look at this. It says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Now, there's so much depth to that story, we can't get in it because I'm thinking, what possessed these men 
who were following in their in their father's footsteps in this trade to just drop everything and go. I mean, we're just like, yeah, I mean, there was a couple dudes in a little rickety boat with a little net. But it might have been a business with more than one boat. Maybe they were ships, I don't know, and maybe they Have you seen the nets on some of these like these shows on National Geographic, they're not little like, hey, you throw a little net out there. These are like huge nets. So I think about things like this. How much was the inventory worth or the, or the, the equipment worth that they left? That's like, have you ever thought of it like this? Maybe not. Maybe I'm just that guy. But I'm going, what, what made them give up that livelihood and, and that that financial gain and that equipment and whatever it was to say, okay, immediately it says they follow Jesus. Now, we don't know the backstory. We don't know if maybe they had heard of Jesus. They had maybe been around town and heard him speaking. Something about Jesus drew them in. But think about this. Again, because God can, we can lead by example. Jesus leads by example for three to three and a half years. He takes these young men on a journey of really living life through his eyes. Because how many times did they say things and Jesus would correct them and they would say something else and then Jesus would, you know, kind of redirect them. Why? Because he was trying to train them out of old thinking. So that when it came to the time that he would, you know, leave this planet, that he would have these representatives of the kingdom of God who would do what? Become fishers of men. They would engage. He would draw people in to this lavish love life in Christ Jesus. And so he took these young men. They began to see through his eyes, and they ended up doing what? Changing the world. Again, we're here today because of these disciples. And something that's really important to see is that Jesus was intentional in teaching and giving teachable moments. I think as dads, it's the same thing for us. See, it's so much easier to just be mad. And, and I'll be, imagine me being honest with you. I'll be honest with you. There's plenty of times that maybe my frustration or my being mad is because you've interrupted what I feel I need to get done right now. And now I have to discipline you. I mean, come on, dads, anyone experience that? And so you discipline your child. But here's what happens. It's all about for us the punishment rather than the training. So instead of finding this as a teachable moment, now there's been times where I, Holy Spirit has helped me to go, okay, here's a teaching moment. I know you have stuff going I know you have stuff going over there, but it can hold for five minutes. Here's a teachable moment. And then you use those moments to teach. That's what Jesus did, right? I mean, there were times where Jesus was tired. He was exhausted. He didn't want to have to minister to people anymore. We feel those feelings. There were probably plenty of times that he was exhausted and just frustrated because these, these, these men, well, these boys, these teenage boys, other than Peter, were, who were following him, just weren't getting it. They're bickering behind him as they're going town to town about who's going to be the best. And how many times did Jesus have to go, okay, this is not about me just getting irritated and yelling at them and telling them that they're worthless. It's a moment that I can teach them something. Let me say this, because Jesus can find these teachable moments and because Jesus can lead by example, guess what? We can lead by example. Listen, dads, you can do this. So think about this. What made Jesus a good leader to follow? Because I still, as a dad, I want to I be that, that leader in the home. I want to be a good example that my children can follow. 
Now, it does come from a different perspective. It's not like I'm trying to measure up barely to God's standards so somehow they'll follow God. It's not about that anymore. But it is about what's the best example I can be in any given situation to my children. And I have to look at the life of Jesus. What made Jesus a good leader to follow? Really, some of the most, I guess, prominent things to me is that Jesus led with compassion. Not always the easiest thing to do as a man and as a father. But think about this. He let compassion mess up his plans. You see it several times in the Gospels. Just the few stories that we have of Jesus. It was the Apostle John that said that there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain everything that Jesus has done. So we're just getting a glimpse of this. But even in these glimpses, I see that Jesus let compassion mess up his plans. Dads, when's the last time that you let compassion, true compassion in your heart towards your children mess up your plans, change your plans? This isn't for guilt and shame, no condemnation. But how many, we're dudes, right? We can challenge each other. I love it when, when my brothers come up and go, hey, I saw this in your life. I'm just wondering about it. It's like, thanks, man. That's good. I needed to hear that. That's, this is good for me. But see, it's done in love, right? It's not done in a judgy attitude and full of guilt, shame, and condemnation. So he let compassion mess up his plans. He would set his own needs aside to minister to others. There's a couple accounts where Jesus literally just, I mean, one account, he was just exhausted. He just needed rest. Uh, another account, and sometimes we read over this stuff, but his cousin John was killed. He was beheaded, and he wanted to grieve and mourn. But in these situations, Jesus took the road of compassion and said, there's still people who have needs, and those needs need to be met. Wow. What a good example. Right? What a great example. So he let compassion move him. It's so important that we see these things. And again, not, not to bring you know, condemnation over you because you don't measure up, you're not good, doing good enough. How many know we can all use reminders? I mean, if nothing else, hopefully Sunday morning is a reminder to you of first of all how good God is, how amazing he is, how much he loves you, uh, how, how like, awesome his grace is and it will never dry up. But it's also a point to realize, wow, I have gifts, I have purpose, I have calling. Uh, there is, because of who I am, there's a way that this plays out and looks like as a dad, as a leader in my home. So say this with me, dads. Because God can, I can give sacrificially. I can love unconditionally. I can validate my children. I can lead by example. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for just Jesus. I mean, when Jesus showed up on planet Earth, I know we're all still learning and trying to figure out what exactly everything means, but man, I, I just I can't get away from this idea that Jesus was really showing us what you're like that you give sacrificially, that you love unconditionally, that you truly validate your children. That's so important that we see the worth and value within ourselves and that you lead by example. We, we thank you for these examples. I just want to pray for every dad here this morning.
I pray, Heavenly Father, that no condemnation or shame or guilt has crept in through this message, but that it was a reminder or it was even maybe firsthand news for some of us. And it was an encouragement to us that we can live a better life than we're living now because, after all, we're on a journey of growth and maturity. So I just pray, first of all, that you give them peace. That they know that you're there, you promise to never leave us, forsake us, that we don't have to do this father thing on our own, but you're there for us. So give them peace. I pray that they would awaken more and more to your love and grace and your goodness. They would awaken more to their true self, their true identity in you. And it's in those moments where they realize, yes, I can give sacrificially. Yes, I can love unconditionally. I can validate my children. I can lead by example. We thank you for your grace, which is always sufficient. I just pray for every man who's listening to this now or in the future and here this morning. Show them, validate them, let them feel the validation that they're a good dad and that they can do this and they haven't gone too far. And in some cases, you can win the heart of your child back. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You receive that, guys? You receive that, dads? Isn't it cool to know that the onus isn't on you, that it's not all on you to do this in life, that you have Holy Spirit right there to help you? I know that's helped me. I've had plenty of times where, you know, it's always when I'm by myself and I start thinking through my failures. Come on, isn't that easy to do sometimes? And you think about those failures. But man, Holy Spirit, I, I, I become more uh, keen to his voice or her voice or this voice of spirit to say, no, 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 that's not who you are. That's who you see yourself as, but I don't. That's not who I made you to be. And it's in those moments that he reminds me of my righteousness. He reminds me of who I truly am. And he maybe digs up another piece of that identity that I can see that it's real. This is who I am. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.